bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Welcome to the SBS Cycling Podcast. I'm Christophe Mallet and I'm your host and I'm joined with a wonderful... I'm running out of words for Dave McKenzie. How are you, Mike? I don't know what... <laughs> Just tell me what you want. You keep pumping my tires. Tell you, me what you want. I it's great you. to... I'm coming in anyway. I'll get paid to come in. It's fine. <laughs> you you don't have to... Uh, I want but, to borrow your van. That's no, it is, it is lovely to... Be, yeah, you are, you are borrowing my van. We'll, we'll talk about that maybe um, post-podcast, but... Hey, I'm excited to be here because, and you're the man with the intros, we've got a very special guest, haven't Absolutely. we? Absolutely, and uh, I had uh, the pleasure to have breakfast with him uh, just uh, a few days ago. It's Simon Clark. How are you, Simon? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's... can I just say, I think Clarky's got utmost respect. It is good to see Simon. He's coming. He's got the suit jacket on. You know, the uh, hair is done immaculately. I mean, he's the dapper we'd never cyclist. Get, we'd never do this for each other in an SBS, no, Simon. You're, you're, is, yeah, he's the dapper cyclist. Oh, this is absolutely... You don't even have to speak now. You can leave now. We're going to give you five-star rating. <laughs> Welcome to the, the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you uh, in it. The last time we spoke with you, you were uh, sitting in your lounge. There was snow outside in Andorra. It was COVID time. How mm. has the time changed uh, immensely and what a year you had as well? Yeah, I mean, wow, that's already three three years ago. Yeah. Uh, time moves so quickly. Uh, I'm not even, I've been through two different teams, not uh, necessarily voluntarily, but two different, or Can we say team? three teams yeah, with three. the black jersey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, One stage at the Tour de France. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it's, uh, time moves super quick. And I think, you know, moments like these encourages you to reflect and, and re appreciate every moment that you have and success because of how t quick time does move these days. And, you know, everything just becomes a memory so quickly that very rarely we get to cherish these moments it's it's true isn't it and i think the the last few times i've interviewed you whether it's at the tour de france or, or tour down under or nationals even over the last two years and, and and post that brilliant tour de france stage win i keep reminding you of it and i feel like we have to keep talking about it because you got to keep celebrating it so with everything we've just said now do you does it suddenly all come back to you and go wow Like, do you still pinch yourself a little bit? Because your career was on a knife's edge. It was almost done, wasn't it? As a professional athlete, it was almost done, but it obviously wasn't, and you had more to give. Absolutely. And, I mean, you look back and, and you think, okay, I, I managed to deliver on the day, but the amount of stars that had to align for that to, 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 to even be an option and, and then to for me to have the chance to deliver on it is just you know, incredible. And the fact that it was my seventh tour de France and it was still only the first time I was actually sprinting for the win in the tour, de, in a tour de France stage. You know, I'd been in plenty of breakaways. I'd even been solo off the front in the closing kilometers, but never had I come around the last corner and seen an uncrossed finish line at the Tour de France. What are the nerves like? And it's like <laughs> That's the next question. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, I kind of get super zoned in in those situations and and don't get overcome by the nerves, uh, which I think is uh, really helped me in those kind of situations. Also, when I've been able to win in the Vuelta, that I just focus at the task at hand. But yeah. I mean, if nerves start creeping in, then you, you quickly can make mistakes and, and quickly 
be uh, ridiculed, I suppose, on on eventual outcomes. Did, did you feel it on the day? Did you know in the morning when you woke up? You were uh, Maka talks a lot about when he won his stage at the, the Giro. You knew it. You knew you were feeling it. Uh, you knew you could do something that day. Mm. Was it the same for you, or it, you said stars as a line along the way? Yeah, it's got a yeah. I, I would definitely not say that. I got in that break and it was the day. I mean, you just look who I was in the break with to start with. And I think I've gone back and listened to the commentary uh, in different, all the different languages because uh, I was interested to see how many commentators backed me or didn't back me going <laughs> you to, check, you to, to, to work out who you, you <laughs> do interviews with my in Christmas the card list. <laughs> he's, he's got a black no, list. No, I, think we, I think we, I, I've been getting a Christmas card, yeah. so I'm all, I'm all good. <laughs> but I was, no, I was just interested because, you know, I wouldn't have necessarily backed myself at the start of the day in that company, you know, sprinting against Bossenhagen or, you know, closing down Nielsen Paulus, who's was yes. in flying form and, you know, Taco Van Horn was the other one, wasn't and he? Taco, yeah. who yeah. Has, was does his famously yeah. long sprints, yeah, and yeah. So I, I it, it was always interesting to go back and and see what how other people called the finish and and if they um, back me or not, and <laughs> yeah. You said seven Tour de France. Your 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 career now is is long enough to have a. Uh, I've seen the sport changed. Uh, we've seen a whole onslaught of young riders. It started really by uh, uh, Bernal winning the Tour de France, but now there's so many young riders. They they win so early. Uh, what's your reflection on this? Yeah, I mean, it's so true, and I really do think that times are changing, and I try not. You know, traditionally we always look back and say you know it's not like the old times or but I'm more of the mentality that I need to stick with the new times otherwise I'm not going to be keeping up if this is what I want to keep doing so uh, as much as I appreciate the old times and for better or worse I, I try not to compare them to where we are now because that has no influence on where we are now and and the direction we're going is what we must focus on and so I'm just all about keeping up with the new times really and I appreciate the old times but the old times are the old times and we're now with the new times. And are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> well, surely and and with that I mean is science the part part of that as well? So and I'm, when I say science I mean the training. So the training techniques that say you were doing let's say five years ago even are they all the same still now or are there new things and and or are you talking to some of the younger guys saying yeah i'm doing this and they're looking at you like why the hell are you doing that mate you should be doing this <laughs> it is has it changed that quickly some of the training techniques yeah, yeah yeah absolutely and um yeah it's just constantly changing and becoming even more complex and and more specific but i'm just you know, I just try and outsource that, you know, instead of trying to sit there going, I must learn this. It's just, I just try and associate with people who are on top of all the new stuff and, and they guide me in, in where I need to be going so that I am keeping up. And is part of, say, at your age and your experience, so to, so to, so to flip the coin, and I love how you say, you know, live in the moment, so... Get, get stick with this young group that are coming through rather than reminiscing but your experience is there elements that you think I've got the edge here because 
I've got experience, you know, and whether it's a psychological thing, a mentality thing where, you know, you know, I've got the toughness when the chips are down, I know I can pick myself back up off the deck compared to some of these younger riders. So do you use that to your strengths, I'd imagine? Yeah, I suppose. Um, I think the big difference between the new generation and the old one is you have to work really hard now. And it's not like we didn't work hard before but what we thought was hard now is is a is quite a few levels higher than than <laughs> well that's and, scary. And is, is there like a mental aspect to it as well now the young guys know they can win they actually now expect it to win as well does yeah, that change exactly. exactly how you approach a race yeah and you just you know and our particularly our experiences of going over to europe so young and being on our own and you know in my case, having teams fold and I'm stuck not only on my own, but not even with a team or an income. And, you know, those hard times I've appreciated now when I've really had to see everyone, you know, the level increasing and going, right, I've got to up my game. And that those hardships make now upping the game not as hard as, as what you would think. Okay, let's talk about the team. Um, and the team has changed in, in the nature itself. Over the last few years, there were a lot of older riders and now there's a lot of younger riders as well. So the, the, the way they approach the team, it's a bit like Intermarché as well. They want to go back. Yeah. They've changed their, uh, their positioning. Uh, what's, your, what's your feeling about how the team is evolving and, and where are you guys heading? Yeah, I, it's, it's really exciting. And I'm actually proud to be this in this team and and I'm really enjoying my time here and um, I think we need to remember that not that long ago this team merged with Katusha and a lot of let's riders, remind everyone sorry to interrupt yeah. it is Israel Premier Team yeah, talking for the, about yeah, for, for the people who are listening who are saying hey what team are yeah. they talking about <laughs> what's the team what's very, the team very valid point <laughs> go ahead uh, yeah so Israel uh, startup nation, I think it was called back then, merged with Katusha. And with that, they gained the World Tour license, but they also gained a lot of riders that were under contract that they hadn't necessarily chosen. And whether those riders are good or bad or not is, or, is not as important as it is how well they fit into a team environment. And particularly when you're brought I think, you know, they came in in a strange situation when they didn't choose to be in the team. That team decided to merge with another team and then here you go, here's your new team and you haven't had any say in it. Mm. And so I think that with that needed a few years to kind of either guys to buy in or let their contracts run out and move on and, and be in a place where they chose to be in and, and wanted to be. And I think that, you know, in now, particularly for next year and in the coming years, we'll really see Israel Premier Tech come back out in in the way that they want to be. Hmm. What what would be a good year on twenty twenty four for for the team for yourself, but for the team as well? I mean, I think with the new system, it's just all about points for us now, mm -hmm. and like it or hate it, that's just the way it is. And I mean. There, I have to say there is a little bit less focus on winning races these days as opposed to scoring points and or winning world tour races. And although we didn't 
win that many world tour races this year we were able to score a decent amount of points and i that will be our similar goal going forward because at the end of the day that's our path back into becoming a world tour team which is you know number one on the the priority list for this team and well that guarantees is you all of your big starts, doesn't it? Yeah. And the tour, I guess, being the, the biggest. And, you know, with obviously with Sylvan Adams being our main backer and him, start, you know, backing the team regardless, it does help a lot with our, our second tier and third tier sponsors that they, they like to be able to go and say they support a Division One cycling team and, and not a cycling team that's maybe going to be in the Tour de France if they mm-hmm. score enough points. And so it just does, you know, give you a, a bit of a – you know, be able to be a bit more relaxed in how you go about business if you've got that World Tour card. And, okay, we've at, for next year we do have a, world, a wild card invite to basically – every race that a world tour team has and so unofficially we operate like a world tour team would but you still lack a little bit of that security which uh um you prefer to have if you could choose mm-hmm. uh let's um, if i if i can say let's talk about um chris from uh chris from has been in the team now a few years from uh, dog. From, from me uh and you know what what impact has he had on the team where is he at now what's the situation with from yeah, I mean, I I can only have good things to say about him. He actually came and stayed with me last January um, prior to Tour Down Under and, and we trained a lot together. And unfortunately, I don't think I've seen him. I haven't seen him since January this year. Oh, wow. Our paths wow, okay. haven't crossed. Didn't race with we, him? No. Wow. So that's, you know, with, with 30 guys on your team and so many different races and obviously him being more of a stage race rider and me being more of a um, one-day rider, um, you know, our style of calendar doesn't really cross over apart from the big grand tours and, and um, he was left out of the tour this year so that was the our one other main chance to cross paths this year. Um, so yeah, I haven't seen him in a while, uh, so I can't really, yeah. You know, I suppose you can't, you can't do his impact on the team. <laughs> you know, from tour down under this year was great, and he's great to have around. Um, but yeah, how how much of him not being selected at the tour was was the writing on the wall for him? Do you think did he did it, did he know well in advance, or or did it really? You know, how, how down was he about not being selected, do you think, for the tour? You know, he's let's face it, he's one of the greatest Grand Tour riders of his era, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't, like, once again, I haven't yeah. seen him, so I haven't had a personal conversation. But <laughs> uh, look, I can only imagine, and, you know, he's, I, I don't know the exact number of how many Tour de France's he's done in concession apart from when he had his accident yeah. but you know i'm thinking probably back till the year he won the second in the welter that mm. he didn't ride the tour which we're talking 2000 maybe 11 or 10 yeah so we're talking the best part of 10 mm. or 12 years that the tour de france has been his life every year yeah and to suddenly then be you know thanks but no thanks we don't need your services is definitely a tough pill to swallow mm. um 
And yeah, I, I've really felt bad for him because, you know, just f- for him as a person and, and the challenge that that being left out would cause and the fact that we weren't going to do the welter this year so then that left him with no grand tour for the year and the consequences of that and we didn't even have that many stage races post tour de france so and i was thinking you know it leaves and and eventually i suppose it did leave quite a big gap in his calendar this year and so uh i really hope that he can bounce back again Mm -hmm. and get get a you know I think it's underestimated how important just a consistent calendar is to be able to perform and, you know, lacking lead-up races and having setbacks leading into lead-up races can really affect your season and um, it's it's really important to not chop and change that around and I really try and keep my calendar very similar and every time I've gone to a new team and they ask me what races I want to do, I just say, go on pro cycling stats and look what I did last year. Could be beast. And I don't want to change anything because everything, so many other parameters change, whether in a team, different bike, different equipment. If you're then taking all that to new races, you know. Do you have a huge, like, do you have the, you know, as an experienced rider, do you have a big say in in shaping your calendar? Yeah, as as my career has developed, I definitely have more of a say. I suppose... In the beginning, I never even got asked, and then I started getting, you know, first you'd get asked which Grand Tour might would you prefer to do? Would you prefer the to France. be <laughs> on the long list to do? <laughs> and then, um, and then yeah, late in these late years, I got a you know you you get asked okay what what do you want to what have you as your objective, and then what races do you want to lead into that objective doing? And that then you get the opportunity to kind of structure things, and you know I just try and keep as much you know as much as that the same as possible. So because I don't have pro cycling stat open, what are you? What is your next few months? <laughs> I'm lazy. <laughs> well, I've put in my application to the team. And we'll see whether. <laughs> well, we know uh, you're doing pretty much all of Jan. Yeah, so I'll be in Australia, Australia for yeah. for January, and and the team uh, is committed to come back out again, which is great. Um, being a wild card team, we don't have to do two and down under, and I'm very appreciative that um, Israel Premier Tech makes the effort to come out here, and I'm able to race in in my home races with my with my team and not with a uh, composite team. Um, and then yeah, we'll head back to Europe and build up for another uh, Italian. March, Italy in March and uh, Ardennes block and then pro- uh, most likely back to the Giro again. Do the Olympics feature somewhere there? I hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, we still, there's a, still a selection process there which I believe closes somewhere at the end of May, I think. It's quite, it's not as far out from the Olympics as you think. Is that um, getting harder as well to make Selection, yeah, well, the, the it was already races. very hard, yeah. and now for this Olympics, we have there's one rider less. Yeah. Ah. So basically, the top five countries had five riders, and then the next five had four, and then the next ten had three, I think. And now they've all been reduced by one. So the top five countries now only have four riders, and then wow. the next top 
the next five, fifth to tenth only have three, and then tenth to twentieth only have two. Uh, and we finished eighth or ninth, so we're we've qualified three spots instead of oh, wow. normally four. Yeah, that is. Is, is it a big drive for you? Do you still want to do the Definitely, Olympics? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 And I feel like one day racing is still my strong point uh, in in my characteristics, and I think Yorkshire, uh, um, sorry, Glasgow. I was able to have a, another good ride there and I just try to be consistent in those championship races because they're very hard and uh, but I've done enough of them now that I just know how to be there and make sure I'm there every time. And surely winning the Olympics in Paris is second to winning the yellow jersey in Paris, I guess. Yeah, well... <laughs> on, on the dream list. <laughs> that, that's maybe that, pretty right up there, isn't yeah. it? Where's the finish line? Uh, I'm not too sure. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to ask you, actually, because because you've been on this team and because you've been on plenty of teams, Caleb Ewan, going back to one of your old teams, Jayco, yeah. um, we're obviously excited by it. He's had a, I don't think anyone will deny this, him included, it's been a tough couple of years. You know this team, you know, we all know the Aussie culture and, you know, being around, I, I suppose, culturally the same sort of riders. How much is this going to help him, do you think, hopefully get back to, you know, the Caleb Ewan who we've loved in the in the bunch sprints, you know, previously that was, you know, he was the best in the world at, you know, at that sweet spot? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I think firstly we need to appreciate and comment on the fact that Jayco's made a conscious effort to bring some more Aussies back some mm-hmm. some race winning Aussies back to the team I really f- f- I had personally had the feeling that although there was still we had some Aussie riders none of them were were key riders in the team in the sense that going to races trying to win with yeah. our Aussie guys uh, and so I I felt in a way Jaco was losing a little bit of its Aussie identity because of that and to have um Plappy come yes, and now yeah. and now Caleb. I think that's really good, and I, I think they should keep doing that. To be honest, I think there's if we look at all the talented Aussies hooking around in other pro teams, you know, Jack Haig, Jai Hindley, just Caden to Groves. name a couple. Yeah, Caden Groves, Caden Groves. Is, they cost them too much. <laughs> I mean, jokes aside. Yeah, but you I can't mean, all of them, Simon Yates and Dylan Gronewagen. Yeah, don't come for free either. Yeah, that's so, true. I don't know. That's... Is this a maturity of Jaco as well? Do you think because Caleb they didn't leave on bad terms, but but I guess I refer to say Caleb when he he left, Michael Matthews who left and come back. Do you think that's a bit of a maturity of the team as well? Sort of going, hey, that was that, or business is business, and come on, you've still got something to give, and and we want to welcome you back. That's a good question. I don't know if maybe if maturity is the right word maybe it is um i think that whatever's happened you know we have to also remember that they went through a very unstable period there where the team nearly got sold and then it didn't and those uncertainties not only as a you know also have an influence on rider decisions who will wants to come to a team that's maybe going to sell out Mm. and you know you always want to be in it as a secure a team as possible. And so maybe another Aussie in a different team 
uh, who Jaco is trying to secure is looking at from the outside going, you know, from all reports, they're trying to sell the team and maybe, you know, it could be that I go there and then in a year's time, it's not even an Australian team anymore. So I think, you know, they went through a, a tough period there and, and that that side of things really seems like it's stabled out now mm-hmm. and 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 the next step from that is rebuilding the Aussie talent in the team and, and having some more guys, you know, you look back at Simon Gerrans and those years when I was there and it was just so great seeing so many Aussies going well and even the stage in the the Tour de France that that we won the team's time trial Mm. we were nearly all Aussies in that team yes in this were you were you in that team yeah Yeah, you've been been around for a while I'm old mate I'm old (laughs) I feel like that was a long time ago Um, yeah but we had like Cam Meyer Matt Goss Brett Lancaster Lancaster O'Grady Jeepers um, Gero, yeah. and then we had uh, Daryl. Imp- I think uh, maybe Daryl Impey and, and Albacini were the only two. I think you're right. Yeah. There was only yeah. two non Aussies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you're yeah. Right Out of that's we right. were still nine. I think we were still yeah. nine so, yeah. back yeah. then. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. And so that uh, that's a special memory for me, and and particularly doing it with other Aussies, you know, taking yeah. on the world, and it'd be great to see them get back to that. I think. Were you on the bus when the bus got stuck? <laughs> uh, none, where... of it, none of us were because <laughs> oh, okay. it happened during the stage. Yeah, true, yeah, true, yeah, true, yeah. True, true, I know who was. We were all racing <laughs> to well, the my, bus. My wife was working for the team. <laughs> She's, she's got her version of events too. That, that's when the Aussies really arrived. I was just going to say, arrive. but I won't throw her under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not, yeah. oh, that's not... Oh, gee, yeah, let's not go there. Um, okay, so second part of... The, the first bit was about Caleb Hill. Sorry, yeah, about Caleb. No, no, but that's that's no, you've said enough. But I am curious, and we haven't had a chance to actually sit down and chat with him, and we will hopefully in January. I'm excited as everyone else is about Plappy being there, yeah. as you mentioned. Where do you think Plappy will end up in five years as a rider? Can he? Can he? Can he be a three week rider? Is he going to be a, a Paris Nice, a one week stage race, or? I'm not quite sure. Like, what do you think? Uh, I have no idea either. Yeah. I think that. Do you think he knows? Or well, that's. I think that's the biggest question. Yeah. Uh, I think he has everything at his feet, and he, you know, he's in a could potentially a quite a big turning point in his career, being in a team where he's had very limited opportunity in showing his qualities with Ineos. Uh, yeah. you're referring to. Yep. And now coming to a team where a lot of I feel like a lot of those doors will be wide open for him, and which corridor he decides to go down, and and in search of finding what he's best at, I'm not sure. Um, but you know, but, and I'm not don't I'm, don't get this wrong. I'm not actually trying to put you on the spot. It's you know these guys, and I know them obviously quite well. Matt White, I suppose I'll refer to. What do you think they want? Where do you think they envisage him being? I mean, obviously they'd say we'd love him to be a three-week yeah, grand tour rider, but what do you really think? I think I think that's probably the end goal, yeah. the dream, yeah. and then you know, in attempting that, you can still become a, a solid one-week racer, which he's already yeah. proved uh, to an extent this year at UAE Tour. Mm. And yeah, who knows? I mean, he's got on paper the right characteristics with the the time trialing. Um, talent that he has and, and then obviously can climb um, and yeah it's just about putting it together and then arriving at that level but we've 
you know, we were all seeing, you know, particularly at the Tour de France this year where that level is mm. and it's, <laughs> it's pretty scary. It's pretty high. bloody high. <laughs> yeah, actually, good segue on this one. But, uh, uh, we talked a lot about, you know, the new riders and, and so on, but it's insane. 2024, if we look at who's potentially going to be at the Tour de France fighting for the win, not just yeah. turning up, is, is it scary from yeah, your point of view? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scary because it's going to go faster. It's not it's scary go... because I don't think I'll be there next year. <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay. But I think it will be great for all of us to watch it on TV okay. or potentially commentate on. It's... And uh, I'm looking forward to that aspect of it. <laughs> I mean, the fact that you're laughing about this <laughs> makes me feel better because we sit back and I sit back as an ex, you know, way, way ex-athlete. But I sometimes I do shake my head and go... The level is incredible. Yeah. In a great way. It's so exciting with yeah. Van Arts, Van der Poel, and of course Pogacar, Vingegaard, and these guys. But it's, but it's almost like a, just to make a, a correlation, but it's almost like, you know, we had this top four, big four era in tennis. Mm. This is transponding to cycling right now. Yeah. But it's like it keeps evolving too. Mm. And, uh, you know, the one we mentioned in Eventopol as well. Yeah. But while we're on that, what was the story? Like in the the whole potential merger, non-merger, that, that what was, my, was that? Was that, that was just my, a beat up or what? That was going to be my next question. Yeah. Did you sit down with the popcorn and go, let's watch out what's going on here? <laughs> no, because I've been I've been unfortunately in multiple folding teams, and even with most recently the experience with Quebecer closing, and I know. I've become aware quite specifically of the specific dates you need to submit things to the UCI for right. team registration. And as everything was going on and the deadlines of like, you need to s submit minimum, I, I'm not sure if it's 20 or 25 of the 30 rider contracts by 15th of October. And they're still talking on the 1st of October about maybe the two teams going together. I'm like, there is no chance this is going to happen by the 15th of October. It was completely mad, and, wasn't it? I you thought. know, maybe they were going to give them an exception or an extension, but it was just, it just all happened too late. Yeah. And, you know, maybe, you know, it's just so complicated though. And I just, the complexity of it and how late it was happening, I was just very skeptical that it was going to happen. So, you know, I was just waking up, waiting for it to be announced that it was off because I just didn't think it was going to happen. And eventually that is what happened. Uh, because, yeah, it is, a you know, it's not like you just throw two teams together from a legal standpoint. Mm. And then, then the UCI came out and said, we'll only approve the merger if you guarantee the spots of all the riders that, won't fit into the 30 in the new merger and then that's another headache for the management to figure out and then that's where the idea of okay they'd merge but then quick step would still exist so that they could accommodate for all the other riders well, that's because it. that's what the, you know the uci wanted to make sure that you know suddenly 20 blokes uh haven't got a contract so, i was going to say the whole reason you'd presume a merger was happening because one or two teams lacked some funds but then suddenly they've still got to pay out contracts mm -hmm. anyway i mean it's yeah, all done it's, dusted. Yeah, it but was... this is that you know this conversation just highlights how complicated yeah. that something like that to have uh for that to come off is but i think the, the saddest thing is that the team that won every grand tour this year 
and yeah. the biggest team in the world needs to consider a merger is, is really sad for cycling. I couldn't agree with you, you more. Know, we keep yeah. barking on about the cycling model and lack of, you know, support for teams. And, you know, it's just I'm not going to sit here and complain about it or or try and suggest a solution but it's just sad that at the top of cycling we're still not in a secure enough position where the best most successful team this year is still not financially stable yeah Yeah, absolutely just for the future of cycling it's sad to see you Mm. know and I, i love this sport and i want to love it forever and you know you look at football and these team these other sports and they're just so financially secure and the values of these teams and we're talking billions of dollars and not that a cycling team needs to be worth that much but where the potential is if you get the model right and here we are with teams having to merge it's like we, we were talking remember sad. when uh, Ronaldo signed in uh, South, yep. uh, in Saudi Arabia we just went did the math and the contract for the transfer for Ronaldo would buy you the world tour it's crazy. Well, we need these guys to fall in love with cycling, and then maybe like Messi, between Messi, Ronaldo, and a couple of others, they could just fund. I know Fernando Alonso nearly bought a team at some point. Yeah, that is know? true. Um, we've talked about other riders and asked your opinion about a lot of stuff. What about you, January? Yeah. <laughs> What's the goal? And I was looking back. You were second at the nationals. You sort of forget. Yeah. <laughs> That's that. And one last hurrah at Buttingham. Last time. You know. You've always enjoyed that course when you've been there so is that sort of the big goal over Jen? Yeah I mean the the it's a goal to be in good condition in January how that pan you know once again you need the older you get you need even more stars to align for everything to go right and and this January I got pretty close and and everything went uh quite well uh and hopefully I can try and replicate that again this year uh, which would be the goal uh, so we'll just see how that goes and then continue to build from there yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll be there we'll be there Makai and I so uh, hopefully we'll be uh, able to talk to you on the Sunday coming with your nice we, all, fresh, we always uh, get show. the winner of each exactly. men's and women's on our exactly. live show so, so uh, there you go there's the incentive exactly yeah. um, you, maybe can, you won't even have to wear your, your, your <laughs> flashy jacket either maybe that's an incentive <laughs> we'll give for you him. a green and gold one yeah maybe that's an incentive for him not to come I mean Okay, it's well and truly good we talk about all this, but uh, the talk of this week, the brown bibs are gone. Okay. The brown bibs of the I did see something about this. <laughs> uh, they're changing the colors of the bib. This is the talk of the Hang town. Hang on, you're talking social, about who? AG2R. Yes, correct. La Mondiale, yep. we know yep. Decathlon AG2R. Uh, it's the talk of the town on social media. The brown bibs are gone. They know uh, black bibs, yeah, get conventional. What's your opinion on this? Well, if, they're, it's, if they they've got good. Decathlon on board, Decathlon have got blue in there. Yeah, logo. No, but they've got blue at the top, Bring, but black at the, yeah, the shoulder. Blue, blue bibs. I've got a set yeah. of blue bibs at home. I love them. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Brown bibs? No. Ah, oh, look. Or is it just a bubble here outside yeah. of the side? He's, he's, like, his expression was care factor. Yeah. It's like zero. <laughs> it's like, I've got a jacket. But <laughs> don't like it. Ride for another team. <laughs> if they got a, if, yeah, in the current climate, yeah. like, I'll wear pink nicks, yeah. white nicks. Whatever. I'll wear whatever, mate. Me. I'll wear whatever colour you want. If, if, it's, if it's your problem, I did five years in pink, so I, you know, now that's... That was a cool pink, It's though. more acceptable, but yeah, initially yeah. we looked at it and we weren't. Yeah. When we first, when EF, I never forget being with Cannondale and and EF 
signed on and our new sponsor EF and we went on the website and the whole website's pink <laughs> and we're just thinking oh no what's the next jersey going to be like and sure enough but yeah, that top was, to I bottom. actually liked the kit no no I I mean, was, from a commentator's and journalist's yeah. point of view watching it's easy to stand out isn't it yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. it's been yeah. a pleasure to have you Simon thanks in, for in having me guys. 